0: oh boy that kid (laughs) well good morning everyone i am glad you are here and i am very glad that i am here because i've been to the dentist four days this past week monday tuesday wednesday and thursday hopefully we've saved the tooth i hope (laughs) pray that the tooth doesn't go crazy now that it's uh, in in the process of being completed with a crown on it. So I'm glad that that's behind me. This morning I want to talk about something that you might think is a little bit odd for a Christmas season. It's the heart of worship and what worship is and what it isn't. But perhaps in a an unexpected way than you might expect. If you would turn to Genesis 22, probably the greatest test of a man in all of the Bible's recorded history is the story of Abraham and Isaac and the poignant depiction of the father's love for a son and also such a vivid type That Isaac is of Jesus. We're going to read uh, a good portion starting with verse 1. Genesis 22, 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, and he took two of his servants with him, along with Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire and burnt, and a burnt offering and set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther and we will worship there. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an offering, excuse me, an altar, and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said, don't hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its thorns in a thicket. So he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Jehovah-Jireh which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven, This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I certainly will bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Now, I can imagine that there could have been a very different conversation happen, especially so if it were one of us in Abraham's situation I can imagine that Abraham could have said, Lord, you just gave us Isaac. He's not that old. We've only had him such a short time. And he's not even established as a full-grown man with a family of his own yet. Why don't you take Ishmael instead? As you know, Ishmael was also Abraham's son of a different wife. Yes, of course, Lord Abraham might have said, I love Ishmael too, but it's not the same as Isaac, the promised son. But we know that none of these conversations happened. How do we know it? Because Paul wrote in the book of Romans that Abraham staggered not. At the promises of God through unbelief, he did not allow that to come into his mind. But he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was fully able to perform. And Ishmael, though a son of Abraham, wouldn't have served as the type of Christ at all. He did not meet the criteria There are many parallels between Isaac and Jesus, and I'm going to read a few of them to you. I won't give you the scripture references just for the sake of time, but if you want a copy of them, I surely will give them to you later. One, both Jesus and Isaac fulfilled promises. Isaac was the long promised son to Abraham. And Jesus was the long-promised Messiah and Son of God. Two, both were said to be the only son of their father. In our text, verse 2, God said that Isaac, your son, your only son, whom you love. So there was no question about which son the angel was speaking of. And God said of his son, Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Number three, both had miraculous births. Isaac was born to parents who were far too old to produce children, and Jesus was the opposite. He was born to a young girl, even a greater miracle, because there was no father, earthly father, involved. She was a virgin, and the Holy Spirit was the one who conceived that that birth. Number four, both had a conception and a birth that was pre-announced. Number five, both were named before their birth. Number six, both were mocked and persecuted by their own kindred. Ishmael and his mother Hagar were jealous of Isaac and Jesus was hated by his own. Number seven, both were undeserving of their sacrificial death. Both were sacrificed near the very same place. Both were greatly loved by their fathers. Number 10, both had a three-day experience. The Bible we just read said Isaac had a three-day journey to Mount Moriah, and Jesus was three days from the cross to the resurrection. Number 11, both were accompanied by two men. Isaac by the two servants and Jesus by the two thieves hanging on the cross. Both carried their own wood. Isaac carried the wood for his own sacrifice while Abraham carried the knife. Jesus carried the cross upon which he died. And 13, both were fully submitted to their father. Isaac laid down on that altar in submission to his father. Don't you know he was a young man and could have overtaken his father in strength, I'm sure. But he submitted just as Jesus submitted to the will of his father and laid down his life for our sin. Number 14, Both asked a question of their father. Isaac asked Abraham, where is the sacrifice? Where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me from on the cross? And number 15 Both were brought back from the dead. Now, Isaac was figuratively brought back from the dead. As we know, he was not killed for the sacrifice because of the faith of his father. And Jesus rose from the dead after three days, being crucified as was prophesied by his father. Amen? That's quite a list of comparisons between the two. I think the Lord had intended for us to know how these two are related. I said we're gonna look at what what worship is and is not. Abraham knew the cost of what God required before he set out on the three-day journey. He knew because he carried the knife. Scripture said, take your only son. And by faith, Abraham called it worship. We read it. He said, the boy and I will go further and there we will worship. The Bible tells us that those who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. In the heart and in the truthful deeds that we do. Abraham's heartfelt worship to God was seen in the very act of his obedience, in physically opening his hands and letting go of the one thing that he cherished above all else, and opening his heart in unquestioning belief that God would perform his word just as he said he would, and he called it worship. I read that in this service of Abraham's worship on Mount Moriah, there was no fanfare, think about it. There was no music playing in the background. There were no strobe lights to get the energy up in the room. There were no theatrics. There was nothing of a man involved in this except obedience and faith on Abraham's part. I believe that this is what worship is really is. It isn't anything that comes from without. It is not the surroundings, the lights, the music, the entertaining singers, or anything remotely close to that. But it comes from within the heart. And its source is that river of living water that flows from our innermost being upwards to God Through the spirit, right? And it results in the deeds of obedience and obedient living in truth. Those who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. In Romans 12, the Apostle Paul told the Christians in Rome what real worship is. In verses 1 and 2, he said, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, H-O-L-Y, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. King James has it written as reasonable service. The other versions say, it's your spiritual worship. Nothing withheld. Nothing gripped in our hands so tightly that we can't let it go and give it back to God for he gave it to us in the first place. We have no rights Or hold on anything that he's given to us. But the heart must be willing to let it go. And the hands must let it go through the deeds that we do of our daily living before him. And that produces worship. I hope I'm saying this in a way that makes sense and gets to our heart and our spirit. We have to be careful that we don't think so lightly about worship, that we reduce it to 15 minutes of singing a few songs on a Sunday morning, but that we intentionally live our daily life, everything we do as unto him, and we place him on that highest place of our heart. We, too, have to be willing to let go of anything that we grip too tightly. And like like Abraham did, we can let it go because we trust in God to perform his word towards us. An old song says, This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And the angels beckon me through heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I see a lot of heads shaking. You recognize that song? This is the place we have to get to in worship. All of this here, we know, is so fleeting. And the older I get, the quicker it goes, it seems. Oh, as a young person, I used to bristle at hearing those words of how fast time goes and that we're here as a vapor for a moment and then we're gone. But nothing truer has ever been said but not to fear for his promises include something so much greater than what we have here and what we need to let go of in our hands and relinquish back to him for what is coming is of far more value than anything we could hold on to here. Will you stand with me? And as you do, Can you just figuratively open your hands and let go of anything that you hold on to too tightly? Open your heart and let your spirit speak to him. Let him know that you're obedient. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It may cost you something that you dearly love, but his grace is sufficient for us. Oh, Father, our desire is to be obedient and faithful, and to recognize how every day we live our lives should be and can be a worship service. To you, if we keep you in that highest place in our hearts and the deeds we do as we go through this life, we dedicate them to you, Lord, as worship. As we're teaching our children, as we're cooking dinner, as we're cleaning the house, whatever we're doing on the job, Lord, we do it unto you and you see it as worship, Oh, we thank you, Lord. And we ask you, God, to take us into higher heights and deeper depths in that worship as we live our lives before you, Lord, in holiness and we're acceptable in your sight father we ask you to go with each one here today lord and that you would walk before each one hover over us in the holy spirit that our spirit communes with you as abraham did lord and we give you the praise we give you all the thanks lord for it belongs to you you are so worthy and we ask it in jesus precious name amen and amen